You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 439, Pray Without Ceasing. So I want to begin to explore, probably over a couple of episodes, what it means to have a lifestyle of prayer. Let me just say up front, I am learning. I, I, there's so much I don't know about prayer. Prayer is one of the mysteries of the Christian life. But it is something that um, I've been trying to to press into. It's been something I've been trying to learn. It's been something that I've really been trying to incorporate more into my life. I've been a Christian for a long time, but uh, really began to try and understand, at least scratch the surface on what it means to live a lifestyle of prayer. So I want to read a couple of quotes. And again, I just want to say I'm, I'm so on the journey with you, but um, I at least want to begin... Uh, to explore and to share a few of the things that, that I'm learning and that I'm learning on the journey with you. So here's a couple of quotes. Uh, Jerome Daly um, says this. He's an author. He says, Over the years of my journey in God, I have come to experience prayer less as an activity and more as a way of being, specifically a way of being in step with God's presence and activity in my world. Prayer begins with praying with paying attention to God and often flows naturally into conversation with God about what we see and care about. But its real power shows up as we come into alignment so that we can so that we see and care about uh, is what God sees and cares about. Now, you know, that seems like a very thick quote, but I, I love just, you know, we could break it down, but I just want to share one thought from here. Uh, the fact that he's beginning to see prayer and experience prayer less as an activity and more as a way of being. I think it's very easy for most of us, me included, to compartmentalize prayer in our lives. Um, if you have a devotional habit, it's easy to say, okay, my prayer time's in the morning. When I get up, I read some Bible and then have a few minutes in prayer. And, and that's it. And maybe you pray before you go to bed. Maybe you pray before a meal. You go to church. Maybe you have public prayer. But it's very easy to compartmentalize that instead of creating a lifestyle of prayer where we're always in communion with God. And you say, well, Dave, you don't understand my life. I'm back out of complicated life. There's a lot going on. Listen, we all have a lot going on. We all have complicated lives. But I believe that this is so doable. Um, I just think it's worth taking a look at. Here's another quote. This is from Jonathan Edwards. The, the Puritan pastor from the 1700s said, The true spirit of prayer is no other than God's own spirit dwelling in the hearts of the saints. And as this spirit comes from God, so doth it naturally tend 
to God in holy breathings and pantings. It naturally leads to God to converse with him by prayer. So I think what Jonathan Edwards is saying here is uh, developing a lifestyle of prayer is developing a, a sense uh, of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, Paul says in Romans 8 that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the, the children of God. And I think we want to cultivate uh, this relationship with the Holy Spirit because when we cultivate the relationship with the Holy Spirit, it's naturally, it's just naturally going to cultivate that spirit, that lifestyle of prayer. Listen to what Jesus said. And there's a lot that Jesus said about prayer. Um, but from Luke, um, in fact, Luke is considered the gospel of prayer. You see Jesus withdrawing uh, more times than any other gospel in the gospel of Luke. We see Jesus in prayer more times in Luke than any other gospel. It's not that the other gospel writers didn't see it as important, but Luke especially noted this. And in um, uh, chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus said, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And then here's the story. And this is just a fascinating story. He says there was a woman, or he says there was a judge in a certain city who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing, her, wearing me out with her constant request. And then Jesus said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Fascinating that Jesus uses this unjust judge to compare with our good heavenly father. But of course, the, the real point he's making here is the widow's persistence. The widow's persistence in prayer. And remember, he starts this passage off by saying, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. I think it's very easy, uh, even about those of us who have been Christians for a while, to maybe pray for something and we don't see action, we don't see results, and give up. Instead of continuing to pray. Look, I've got situations in my life that I've been praying about for years. Uh, maybe you do too, and it'd be easy to give up. It'd be easy to just say, well, obviously there's something else going on here, but we want to see God answer. Maybe he, not, he, maybe he doesn't answer the way we want it answered, but, but we can keep trusting God to work on our behalf. And then one last verse, and then we'll kind of get into this and I'm give you a few points to consider. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Wow, how do you do that, Paul? Um, yeah, that's that's the question, isn't it? Paul's in, instructing the, the Thessalonian Christians here. He says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, for you in Christ Jesus. And so I think understanding right in the middle of that, he says, pray without ceasing. So it's it's possible to develop a lifestyle of prayer. And that's what I want to explore a little bit 
as we continue. Well, don't go away. We will be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. Reflections on the Resurrection is uh, it's apologetic in the sense that we look at the different arguments for the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Um, it's devotional because it, it really helps us to reflect on the importance and the meaning of the resurrection. It's also educational. It lets us know why the resurrection is the most significant and important event in history. Paul said that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we of all people are most to be pitied. And I don't want to be pitied. Um, and I think, I think Jesus, I think what we have to understand is in the resurrection of the dead, for, from Jesus from the dead, this was the exclamation point, Paul says in Romans 1, uh, of Jesus being the Son of God. Um, he was the Son of God, we know that, but but it was confirmed, it was uh, proved, it was um, established without doubt through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So this is an incredibly important book. And listen, people have attacked the resurrection for 2,000 years. Um, reason after reason why it didn't happen and um, arguments against it. And I, I deal with every major argument against the resurrection. So check out Reflections on the Resurrection. I know you'll enjoy it. I know it will help you. And, uh, you know, even I'm recording this in, uh, right at the beginning, end of November, beginning of December, be a great Christmas present. So check it out. Click on the link and grab your copy. Well, all right, we're back. We're talking about praying without ceasing, creating a lifestyle of prayer. First, first thing, I'm going to give you three points. Just three things to talk about, just three thoughts, just three ideas to help us on the journey uh, of praying without ceasing and creating a lifestyle of prayer. First of all, I really believe to do this, we have to start first with a specific time of prayer. I find when I don't have that specific time of prayer with God, when I don't have that specific time set aside, when I don't give God the first fruits of my day, I find it's very difficult to have that lifestyle of prayer. I find it's very difficult to connect with God throughout the day. I think setting that first part of the day aside for God, it's almost like a tithe. He's getting that first part of my day. And and I think setting aside some time, um, whether it's a long time or a short time, and it, it varies for me, but, but setting aside that time with God sets the tone for the rest of your day. Um, I think setting aside a specific time uh, really puts us in the, the right mindset. It connects us with God, and it gets us ready for our day. Second point to think about is we need to learn to embrace silence. You know, we live in a very, very loud world. There's always something playing in the background. Uh, there, there's music on, there's a, a radio station on in the background, there's a TV on in the background. We've got our earbuds in, we're listening to music, we're listening to a podcast, we're listening to a book on uh, audio. Um, there's any number of things that are all competing for our attention. But what I find is, 
when I embrace silence, I put myself in a position to hear from God. Because prayer is more than just me talking. It's a conversation. It's learning to, to hear God's heart. It's learning to, to, to really develop the mind of Christ, which is what Paul says we have in 1 Corinthians 2. We have the mind of Christ. And it doesn't come in the, the noise and the disarray and the, the, the loud uh, just sounds of this world. So we have to learn to embrace silence. We need to learn to be quiet. Uh, I find that, uh, you know, sometimes when I'm in the car, I love to have music playing, um, you know, or be listening to sports radio or wh- whatever it is. But I'm finding more and more it's okay just to drive in silence. Use that time of driving to the store or driving to the gym or driving to church or wherever, wherever I happen to be going. Have some silence. Use that even as time to commune with God. Create and learn to embrace silence. Um, when you talk to most Christians, and, and, and I travel, I just got back from a trip to India, Christians are the same all over the world. We all want to hear from God. We all want to follow Jesus. We all want to please our Heavenly Father. But we also would say, most Christians would say they struggle to hear God's voice. Well, what I find is when I learn to give God that first part of the day, that was point number one, when I, when I give Him that specific time and when I learn to embrace silence, then I begin to hear His voice. Things begin to come into focus. Things begin to come clear. Um, ideas pop into my head. You feel that nudge in your heart. Um, a scripture that you, you, you've read has come alive. Whatever it is, you begin to hear God's voice more clearly. And then number three, number three, we're talking about praying without ceasing. We're talking about uh, developing a lifestyle of prayer as we create moments of prayer throughout the day. We create moments of prayer throughout the day. I think this is probably one of the most important practices that any Christian can develop. Um, As we said earlier, we're all busy. We all have so many things going on. And it's easy in the shuffle and in the, the, the hectic world that we live in to forget about God. You're busy at work, you're, 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 you're dealing with that client, you're dealing with your boss, you're dealing with your co-workers, um, dealing with family, dealing with school, whatever it is that you do, and it's easy to get distracted and just push God to the rear of our lives. So how do we overcome that? We overcome that by creating moments throughout the day when we reconnect with God. They don't have to be long. But we have to be intentional about creating these moments in which we can pray. Maybe you you, you create a habit where you uh, say a prayer before you have to make those, those phone calls, asking for God's favor, asking for God to give you the right words, asking for wisdom. Um, maybe you have moments of prayer before you have to go deal with a, a client problem or a, a, a co-worker problem or a subordinate problem or even dealing with something with your kids. What if you took a moment throughout the day and said, God, help me with this situation. 
help me to honor you? What if you took a moment before you went to the gym and said, God, help me to maybe have a divine connection today, maybe have a conversation with someone who I can encourage, someone who needs you. Um, before you sent that email, you know, that you've been laboring over, before you, you called the, the customer to follow up on, on their complaint, whatever. But if we could get into this habit of creating these moments throughout the day where we pause and pray and say, God, I give this to you. Uh, help me to reconnect uh, my heart to you. Help me to reconnect my mind to you. Um, give me a sense of your presence. There's something powerful about creating these moments as we go throughout the day. It doesn't happen naturally. We have to be very intentional about it. You may have to uh, put notes in your phone. You might have to use a, you know, old-fashioned sticky note. Maybe you have to set a timer or an alarm in your phone. I've got a friend who has a couple of different alarms set throughout the day, and it, it'll either vibrate or beep silently to remind him to pause and pray. That's a brilliant idea because it brings him back and it reminds him that, you know, okay, let me pause a minute, just take 20 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute, reconnect with the Holy Spirit, and just see where God takes your heart. I find it brings peace. I find it brings comfort. I find it brings clarity. And I also find when I bring God to the, the forefront of my life, um, you know, it's easy to compartmentalize. We talked about, you know, I'm dealing with work. I'm dealing with work issues. I'm dealing with customers. But, you know, God wants to be intimately involved in every part of it. And I find when I bring God to the forefront of what I'm doing, I say, God, please help me to make this this phone call to, to this person who's irate, and I've got to call and follow up and see what their problem is. Or um, in a pastoral level, you're calling somebody, and you know there's going to be a crisis. Having a moment to pray before I call, praying with them when I've got them on the phone. Typically, I find that the Holy Spirit comes his peace falls on the situation, and it's never as bad as I thought it was going to be. So, just a quick recap from today. Start with a specific time of prayer. Learn to embrace silence, and then create moments throughout your day. Remember, our goal as Christians should be to pray without ceasing. We're going to talk more about that over the next few episodes, how to do that, maybe some ideas on other ideas on what we can do, creating a lifestyle of prayer. But I think as we take these first three things and put them into practice, it's really going to put us into a great place of being able to, to be that person who's starting to learn to pray without ceasing. Well, I'm going to stop here. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or comment in the comment section. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you so we can keep the conversation going. While you're on my website, make sure you subscribe to get my newsletter. Um, as I said, I just got back from India, and I just sent out a newsletter full of pictures and, and some kind of behind-the-scenes stuff about what was going on in India. I can't put a lot of what we do out on social media because um, of, of some of the new laws in India, the anti-conversion laws, and, and the fact that many... Uh, Christians and churches are being persecuted there. So this newsletter is a really good way to kind of get the behind-the-scenes scoop on some of the stuff we were doing there, people we were working with, and even some pictures that I didn't put on social media to give you an idea of what God is doing in another part of the world. And if you'd like a copy of that newsletter, 
just reply to david at davidspell.com. I'll, uh, I'll just forward you a copy of it so you can get, um, get an idea of what's going on there as well. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. I appreciate you so much, and we will see you next week on Leading and Learning.